I'm Brad Brown. It's good to have you with us, and thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team back again on your radio tomorrow. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be unpacking the Amagita loss to Italy, the FIFA Under-20 World Cup earlier today. We'll also take a look at what's happening in the cricket in England, and uh, we'll also... Uh, yeah, chat a little bit about uh, what's been happening in South Korea around that uh, Amadita uh, squad as well you know, over the last week or so. But let's start with the news of the day, and it is that One Day International, the first of three that's taking place at Headingley in Leeds between the Pro Tiers and England. England batting first after 46 overs. Uh, they are going great guns. They are currently 298 for the loss of five. We'll have a full update uh, from Johan Leroux in just a moment. In other cricket news, uh, another one-day international taking place in Dublin uh, right now as well. It is between... Bangladesh and New Zealand. Bangladesh currently 170 for four, chasing 271 for victory. 16 overs to go. They need another 101 runs with six wickets in hand. In other cricket news, former Proteus batsman and Glamorgan captain Jacques Rudolph has announced that he'll be retiring from all forms of cricket at the end of the current county season. The South African under-20 national men's football team's chances of reaching the final rounds of the FIFA Under-20 World Cup took a nosedive today when they lost 2-0 to a strong Italian team. It was the second loss in as many outings at the Suwon World Cup Stadium in Suwon, South Korea for Amajita, having lost 2-1 to Japan in the opening game. Ricardo Orsolini scored a penalty in the first half, while Andrea Favilli headed in the second goal in the second half. Amajita are now bottom of the log in Group D with no points and head coach Tabo Sanong says Italy took their advantage and used their dead ball very well. Congratulations on Italy. It was a tough match, uh, good game and yeah, they used their dead balls very well. Um, we are obviously very disappointed. We wanted to win but it did not happen. We considered a penalty that puts us under pressure. We chased for the equaliser. It didn't happen again. Second half, we lose concentration. We concede in a dead ball again, throw in. And uh, we keep on pushing to look for one goal at least to get us back into the game, but it didn't happen. Coming into the match, Sonong made two changes to his team as he opted for a big forward like Liam Jordan to counter the physical strength of the Italians, but that plan didn't work as the Europeans' aggression proved to be too much for Amajita, who struggled to have a shot on target in the first half. Even Sonong agrees that their performance wasn't convincing. We had a good game plan, and uh, obviously we wanted to play a quick passing game, but uh, we were very, very slow today, and uh, our boys were lacking to see those quick moments as soon as we win the ball. So, and with the physique of the Italians, you have to play without contact. Because if we allow to have contact, and then they will be superior. So we needed to play with mobility, with quick movements. But unfortunately, we spent too much time on the ball, and that did not help us at all. And uh, we tried to look better second half, but uh, it was very late. Yeah, the Group C clash today saw Japan get beaten by Uruguay by two goals to nil. Fantastic result for Zambia. They booked their spot in the playoffs after they downed Iran by four goals to two and clinched their second win of their campaign. Portugal and Costa Rica draw, uh, drew one all. In uh, Champions League news, Anthony Lafour, Yannick Zachary and Subasito Villacazi all, all netted for Mamelodi Sundowns as they beat AS Vita by three goals to one a short while ago. News out of 
England, Newcastle United have confirmed that they've signed Ghana international Christian Atsu from Chelsea on a four-year deal. And speaking of Chelsea, they've cancelled their victory parades due to take place in London on Sunday in the wake of the terror attacks in Manchester. Also, they'll also wear black armbands during Saturday's FA Cup final at Wembley against Arsenal. On to rugby now. The junior Springboks depart for Georgia tomorrow to take part in the World Rugby Under-20 Championships and they'll be hoping to pick up their second title. Coach Sean Roo says as much as they want to return with a trophy, this tournament is an opportunity to lay the foundation for the future of South African rugby. We also think in the broader spectrum of things, we need to prepare these guys to be proper Springboks one day. You know, we, we all were involved at some stage with the Springboks and we know what is working and maybe what is not going so well. And I think if we can put those building blocks in place here, it will make the job of the senior Springbok coach so much easier in two or three years or maybe next year when these, most of these players will be Springboks. So on to tennis news now. Former world number one Victoria Azarenka set to play her first tournament in over a year. June's Mallorca Open. That after she gave birth in December. Meanwhile, world number four Simona Halep has uh, revealed that she is 50-50 to compete at the French Open this year. Not looking good after suffering an ankle injury during this year's Italian Open. And finally, in some cycling news, it was stage 17 of the Giro d'Italia today, and it was won by France's Pierre Roland of uh, Cannondale, great back from Rui Costa from Team UAE Emirates. Looking at the top 10 for the day, Dimension Data Zoma Frail finishing 8th. It means Tom de Moulin from Team Sunweb hangs on to the leader's pink jersey. He has a 31 second advantage over Movi Stars Nairo Quintana. Vincenzo Nibali of Bahrain Merida is 1 minute 12 seconds back. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Trap, we'll chat some cricket. Are you afraid of some animal or challenge and want us to help you overcome it in a fun filled way? Well, my taste myself invites you to join us on a fun-filled adventure that might also cure your fear and change your world. You don't have to be young, fit, or even strong. Only want to live a little. Go to www.sabt2.co.za and you could partake in our next authentic adventure. Have you been looking for 21st century education for your 21st century child? Future Nation Schools offers an education model that harnesses technology, inspires critical thinking, and links knowledge to real life through project-based learning. Future Nation Preschools uses a multilingual Montessori learning model to develop advanced learners from an early age. Find out more about Future Nation Schools and Preschools at our open day on the 27th of May at our Clearhorse campus. Visit futurenationschools.com to learn more. SAFM has the widest reach of any radio station in the country. So wherever you are, we will bring you the best programs 24 hours a day. If you're on holiday or on a business or road trip anywhere in South Africa, know that we will be with you. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. SAFM Sports Wrap. All well, time to take a look at some cricket now. The first of three one-day internationals between the Proteas and England got underway headingly in Leeds uh, earlier on this afternoon as we head towards the conclusion of the England innings. Johan Leroux joins us now. Johan, welcome back onto SAFM Sports Trap. Uh, if we have to be honest, a pretty rusty bowling performance by the Proteas.
Unfortunately, Johan doesn't seem to be with us at the moment. We'll try and reconnect that line at the moment. But uh, just looking at that scorecard, England currently 315 for the loss of five. And uh, yeah, we'll come back to Johan in just a moment. Let's uh, touch base with Muhammad Ali next uh, and find out what happened with Amajita today. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader, and I don't know about you, but I was very optimistic heading into this uh, FIFA Under-20 World Cup with regards to Amadita's chances. They've shown great promise uh, in uh, the last few months, and uh, some really good youngsters coming through the ranks, but disappointing performance overall in their first two matches, and crashing out of the tournament, unfortunately. Mohamed Ali joins us now. Mo, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap again. Today, a 2-0 loss to Italy, just, just not good enough. Just not uh, good enough uh, against an Italian side. You know, we, we all know how organized, uh, particularly defensively, the Italians are. Um, and, and to be honest with you, uh, Brad, uh, they didn't, uh, the South African side didn't really uh, worry the, the Italian side until probably midway through the second half when Tabojo Mokwena, the Super Sports United man, uh, came on in, in midfield and uh, possibly also because the uh, Italians took their foot off the pedal a little bit and uh, then we suddenly saw chances, uh, a free kick from Luther Singh that the goalkeeper did well to save and then Reef Frostler, uh, which, who just won the league last week with Bidvest Fitz, uh, he had a very good chance um, uh, side-footing the ball past the uh, right and upright. But uh, the defensive frailties of, of the side have always worried me. Uh, if, if you think back to the uh, Africa Cup of Nations in uh, Zambia in February when they were leading Senegal 2-0 at halftime and they lost 4-2, and uh, we saw those frailties in the opening game against Japan as well. We, we just see players in, in the penalty area looking lost, not picking up players, uh, opposition players, and that's what happened in that game against Japan. Although, I mean, had they taken their chances, they could still have got away with a win there, but uh, you're not going to get away with that kind of marking uh, against the Italians, and, and they, they duly got punished. I mean, the second goal, long throw in, nobody picked up uh, the scorer, and uh, yeah, they, they were just uh, not good enough on the day, unfortunately. Mo, do you, do you think if we had won that, that open against Japan, you mentioned the, the chances that we spurned in front of goal, and that, that's been the perennial South African problem. As much as this team's been battling defensively, we time and time again have golden opportunities and aren't able to put the ball in the back of the net, and we saw it against Japan. That, that should have been 2 0 at half time, and we should have put that game to bed, but we allowed Japan to come back, and they ended up winning. And I almost get the feeling that the team's head dropped going into this clash because it was a game they should have won. Had we won it, today would have been slightly different. Absolutely, the rest of the tournament uh, would have been different as well. Um, you know, if, if we had beaten the Italians, uh, they finished their silver medalist uh, in the European Under-19 competition, which qualified them for this tournament, and uh, certainly would have, uh, you know, lifted the spirits against what I think is going to be a very tough game against the South American champions, Uruguay, on Saturday. And uh, technically, they, they're still not out of it. Uh, Four of the best third-place finishers get a chance to go through to the second round as well. Um, but it's going to be very difficult from here on in. I think they've got to have results going their way. Uh, and, and, and just given, you know, I think that the morale will surely be down now with the side having lost both games. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, expectations being high. We've got a few players uh, playing in, in Europe. For example, Luther Singh and uh, Liam Jordan, Dabotele, all being based in Portugal. Uh, Grant Magaman uh, playing for Ajax Cape Town in the Premier League. So, and, and the Refrosler as well, together with the Bojo Macuena. So, certainly, you know, players who've played at, at a high level in club football. And uh, you would perhaps have expected something better from them. And I think, you know, I, I, I'm just worried about this uh, phenomenon in South African football where we seem to qualify for tournaments and then just don't aim any higher. If you look at the 
under-23 is qualifying for the Olympics, even Bafana Bafana qualifying for the 2015 Nations Cup, bombing out in the first round, uh, the under-17s bombing out at the last uh, World Cup in Chile in 2015. And uh, there just doesn't seem to be that ambition, you know, that now that we've qualified, let's at least get through to the second round. It just seems like, you know, once once we've uh, reached a, a major international tournament, that seems to, to be the limit for the team. Um, and, and, and I think this needs to be a, a kind of a mindset change. And if I could just refer to, to, to Wade van Niekerk, and uh, you know, uh, he said that when he went uh, to train with Usain Bolt at, at their camp in Jamaica, that made him realize that he belongs at that level. And I think that's the kind of mind shift we need in South African football to, to, to say to ourselves, you know, we belong at this level. And unless and until that happens, I think we're going to struggle for a long time at the international tournaments. Yeah, it's a belief thing. I agree with you 100%. And they need to believe that they're good enough to be there. And the only way they can do that is is to have that mindset change. W- what's it going to take? I, I, I saw that, that Helm Kalele was part of the technical team. He's played at uh, sort of high level for South Africa. He's played in Europe. Uh, he's also a, a winner, 1995 Africa Cup of Nations. Do we need more of that group of players involved with these youngsters? I think the, the, that experience of, of players like Lucas Fadebe, who's played in the European Champions League, Sibo uh, Siso Zuma, who's played at a high level in, in Europe for FC uh, Copenhagen, played in the Champions League, Benny McCarthy is getting his qualifications now, uh, UEFA uh, A-licensed qualifications, Quentin Fortune, you know, played for Manchester United uh, in, in the Champions League as well. That, that, that experience you don't just buy, and particularly at that high level, and the kind of business those guys work under. Uh, I think, you know, Safa needs to do but more to, to pull in that intellectual capacity. Even a guy like Sean Bartlett, you know, who's, who's played at a high level and, and coached at a high level as well. And uh, I think Southern needs to tap into that uh, intellectual property. And hopefully, uh, with Stuart Baxter now uh, taking over as, as head coach of Bafana Bafana, you know, uh, hopefully the, the coaching will, will come and, and align with these ideas. He'll come with a vision uh, not only to coach Bafana, but also to spread that knowledge down to right down to the under-17s and, of course, the women's teams as well. And and uh, hopefully we can tap into that experience because there's no question we've got the talent. We certainly do have the talent. It's just a matter of harnessing and molding that talent. And if you look at Zambia, for example, you know, they, they, they did exceptionally well to win the Nations Cup on home territory. And, and coming back from 2-0 down against Iran today and uh, winning that game by four goals to, to, to qualify for the next round. And, and you can't tell me, uh, Brad, that uh, the, the facilities in Zambia with the greatest respect, the facilities in the Ivory Coast, compare, uh, come anywhere close to what we have in South Africa. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Let's touch on that Zambian side. They were brimming with confidence coming into this tournament. And I think after today's victory, like you say, coming from 2-0 down over Iran to win at 4-2, that's going to fill them with a ton of confidence going into the playoffs spots, uh, going into the playoffs rather. They're in with a great shot by what I've seen so far. It is still early, but they're looking the business. They are looking the business, I promise you. They, they actually did look the business uh, at the Nations Cup, which they hosted. Uh, they, they were by far the, the best team, and, and uh, you know they, they, they look like a side that has belief and, and very much flying under the radar, and, and that's good for them. You know, expectations aren't, aren't as high as perhaps uh, as they were with the South Africans. You know, when you had uh, people talking up the team as being potential world beaters and that kind of thing, they have just quietly gone about the business like they've always done. You know, and uh, they've always produced resilient footballers, and uh, the quality of the teamwork has just been fantastic. I mean, we look at a guy like uh, Fashion Sakala, who was the joint top scorer with Luther Singh at the uh, Nations Cup. Uh, he, he's done exceptionally well, and, and they just seem to do the business when, when it's required in a very quiet uh, 
but also a very efficient way. And, uh, yeah, lots of thanks to the Zambian side, and uh, hopefully they can do Africa proud. Only one African side has won this tournament before, and uh, that was Ghana in 2009, uh, when, incidentally, uh, you know, Amajita also qualified, became the first and only South African side to go through to the second round of a FIFA competition, and the Ghanaians beat them. But, uh, yeah, um, uh, Zambia certainly looked the business, and uh, hopefully they can continue in this vein of form. Without a doubt. Let's just look ahead to Saturday, Mo. Uruguay, they're in good nick. South American champions. Uh, Amajita have got a, a sort of steep task ahead of them. We certainly do. Uh, the, the one good thing for Amajita is that uh, nobody's expecting them to win this game, so there will be no pressure on them. Uh, the Uruguayans also won't have any pressure on them because they've already qualified for the last 16. So, and, and they decide, I mean, that, that qualified ahead of Brazil, who didn't even qualify from the uh, South Americans, so you can see how strong this Uruguayan side is. Um, but uh, as, as I mentioned, the, the pressure will certainly be on in the other game, uh, Japan and Italy, because uh, one of them was, uh, will fall down and, and to the third place. So uh, maybe, you know, the, the absence of pressure will uh, help uh, the Amajita side, uh, you know, perform to their true potential. And, and who knows, you know, with the win and then maybe uh, the, the right results elsewhere, they could still qualify as, well, as one of the four best third-place teams. And sadly, isn't that always the case in South African football? When the pressure's <laughs> off, we pick up a win. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm still hopeful, uh, you know, with, with the kind of players that they have in the squad that a few of them will graduate uh, to the senior Bafana Bafana side. But for me, you know, one, one of the big problems, you know, going through this uh, squad, Brad, is uh, the fact that you have players from uh, Orlando Pirates, from Mamalodi Sundowns, from uh, and, uh, Kaiser Chiefs, who are not even part of the PSL squad. And that is a problem. If, uh, you know, we, we don't give the youth a chance to play at uh, the highest level in South African football, then it doesn't say much in, uh, about our belief in, in young talent coming through. I mean, we've seen how uh, Grant Machaman has done well with Ajax Ketan and shown you know, he's he looked a mature player in that squad. But if you look at, at uh, Wiseman Meiwa, for example, I'm sure you wouldn't have heard about him before because, you know, he plays in the Kaiser Chiefs uh, reserve side. He's, he's not even in the, in the Premier League squad. And uh, that that is a problem. And, and we've seen Mocheka Modisa, for example, Modisa, for example, he only came into the Mamalodi Sundown senior squad because of an injury to Wayne Arlens, and he's acquitted himself very well indeed. And there just needs to be a bit more belief among the coaches uh, of the PSL sides to give the youngsters a chance. And, uh, you know, that, that will certainly uh, close the gap between uh, playing at international level, uh, which, which there is now. If you, if you go from uh, MDC or local under-20 football to international football, the gap is just too big. Yeah, Mo, and you look at you look at the youngster that came on for Japan. Uh, his name escapes me for a moment, but he's 15 years old, and and he's the youngster that I mean, first touch of the ball, Japan, and he scored on the weekend, and and he's the one that made the difference. He's playing top flight football at the age of 15. Age is just a number. If you're good enough, you should play. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know. Uh, there's also this misconception among South African footballers. They somehow underrate Asian football, but I can tell you the Japanese put so much into their football in terms of technical development, and, and that goes right down to nutrition, psychological preparation, all that kind of thing. And uh, the Chinese, watch out for them. They are doing similar things as well. And, uh, you know, people might be... Uh, mocking the, the uh, Chinese league now for spending the amount of money that there are on players, but I can tell you there's a plan there, and uh, they, they, they've set themselves uh, a target of winning the World Cup by 2050, 
and uh, the way they're going you know, in terms of their development, I can tell you that that may not be as far-fetched as it, as it may seem right now. And I think that's where we we're lacking is, you know, technical preparation. And, uh, you know, football isn't just about the coach these days. You know, it's about the whole technical team, the biokinetics, the nutritionist. It's, it's, it's a, probably a team of about 20 now that you need to, to, to get the players to perform optimally. And that's probably what we're lacking in South African football as well. Well, Mohamed Ali, thank you for your time this evening on SAFM Sports Trap. We look forward to catching up on the weekend, and hopefully it's a positive one, Farmer Jita. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much, and you for having me, Brad, as always. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Staying with news out of that Amajita camp and following the disappointment, we head uh, to South Korea now to catch up with SABC's Valile Mbuli, who is with the squad. Valile, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap. Another disappointing loss for Amajita today. What's the atmosphere like in the camp? They must be bitterly disappointed. Yeah, well, Brett, uh, good evening and also good evening to the listeners. It was not easy at all for the boys. In fact, uh, in the mid-zone area, we were also struggling to get interviews. Um, could only manage to speak to one player because um, most of the players um, were not availing themselves uh, for the interviews because they are disappointed uh, with the result. As they know that the result uh, also has got a, a big implication um, in terms of uh, them progressing to the last 16 round um, of the tournament because after two losses, to Japan and today to Italy. So it means that South Africa, um, they they depend also on the results from other teams um, in other groups for those uh, four best-placed, uh, third-placed teams. So it's not going to be easy at all um, for them. And also, I mean, their, their last game is against Uruguay, a very tough opponent, a team that has got a 100% winning record so far uh, in that group. And for me, it looks like the toughest team uh, in, uh, in in group D so far, that Uruguayan team. So that's the situation uh, so far from the boys. I think yeah, some of them, I'm sure they've resigned themselves to knowing that this is going to be their last game against uh, Uruguay. Uh, because, look, they were also unfortunate. They were drawn in a very tough group that had Japan, uh, that also had uh, Italy as well. But I still feel, especially in the opening game, uh, had they taken their chances, things could have been better. Um, but I think from now on, and I've learned a, a very big lesson. Yeah, from an atmosphere perspective, what we've seen on television here, it sounds uh, like uh, the home crowd are thoroughly enjoying the tournament. From an organization perspective, how things been going, it's a very different place to travel to as well. Uh, has the team managed with, with the, the sort of differences in food, cultural, that sort of thing? It's, uh, has it been a challenge? Well, starting with the support, uh, you know, despite all the results that we've been getting here, especially from a South African point of view, I, I, I feel that uh, the crowd has warmed up to South Africa. In, in fact, even if you notice the, um, the crowd, I think it was in, 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 the, in the first half uh, behind our goalkeeper, um, we, we had a, a big support um, from, from the South, South Koreans, and also um, just be, besides the, the South Koreans, if you go back to the opening game as well, um, I think if you go back in history, uh, the relations between South Koreans and the Japanese <laughs> not very good there. So uh, that's why even most uh, Koreans there, yeah, they were not happy that we lost that game because they uh, they were rooting for us uh, to beat uh, Japan in that game. But I think the crowd in the opening. Uh, the, on, the, on, the, on the first day, yeah, I think we had about 9,000, uh, over 9,600 uh, people attending that game. 
and then uh, today, um, the last count, it was um, about yeah, um, eight thousand, just yeah, over eight thousand uh, fans that were there at the stadium uh, today. But I think I also have got to say that um, I've attended uh, some different FIFA tournaments. There's something different about this tournament. I don't know, maybe they are on a mission to downscale a lot of these things, but um, I, I just feel that uh, there are a lot of things uh, that FIFA usually has. I mean, for instance, uh, the media will have a, a shuttle uh, back to their hotels. Here, that is what catered for. And also, even when it comes to the, on the broadcasting side, there will be things like SADs, those things are not catered for. And usually some of those things are standard uh, in FIFA tournaments, but here it's not there. Vlile, as far as, uh, I mean, I mentioned the food as well, it is very different. What's the weirdest thing you've eaten in South Korea since you've been there? <laughs> Yo, yesterday, uh, two days ago, we went to this place that was selling chicken. It's a different type of chicken, and there's also salted uh, something that I don't understand. I mean, it's like having uh, sticky chicken wings, you know. But, you know, the chicken, yo, 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 yo. I think there were about two uh, plates uh, full of chicken, you know. And it's not even costing that much. Uh, but I think I think I enjoyed their chicken there. And there's also a lot of, of uh, some funny food uh, that you have to get here. I think, I think during dinner, uh, you have a size of a buffet that goes, maybe you can put together three rooms. Uh, that's the buffet uh, <laughs> that you'll get uh, from here. But, yeah, the food, yeah, I've been enjoying it, but also I've got to be careful. In Asia, you don't eat everything. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much uh, for that update from South Korea. Please pass on our best to the squad and, uh, and to the coach and the technical staff as well. And uh, we'll be sending all our positive vibes this weekend when they do take on Uruguay. And let's hope that things do go our way and uh, we can possibly make it through to, to the knockout stages. Yeah, yeah, we hope, we hope, we hope for it, but, uh, you know, without um, something negative, but, uh, you know, sometimes I like to be realistic with these things. Uh, I think that uh, Uruguayan team is very strong. I mean, even today, uh, that Japan had a, a good plan uh, to counter them, but still, with Japan taking the game to the Uruguayans uh, in the second half, they still lost uh, 2-0. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. We seem to have Johan Leroux back on the line. Johan, welcome uh, on to SAFM Sports Chat this evening. Innings break between the Proteas and England, but uh, a pretty average bowling performance by the Proteas. They look very rusty. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, they definitely do look rusty with the, the ball and even in the field as well. Uh, but I also must give credit to the English batsmen. They were outstanding, in particular Owen Morgan scoring 107 off of 93. There was a key moment in the game, though, when that fifth wicket fell and England found themselves at 198 for five. Then things could have gone south, and that's when the Proteas would have wanted to take advantage of uh, picking up those, those few wickets. But uh, Moen Ali just showing his class, and he scored a brilliant 77 off of 51. He smashed five sixes in his innings. And, yeah, Rusty from the Proteas bowling point of view, Andile Pechlequire, I thought was good. He picked up two for 59. But the rest of the bowlers will be quite disappointing with, uh, disappointed rather with their figures, both of them going, uh, all of them going for some runs. JP Dimini, surprisingly, he didn't pick up a wicket, but he was quite economical, uh, one of the most economical bowlers on the day. And, unfortunately, for South Africa, they go to man Imran Tahir, just not able to make that breakthrough because 
he was brought on quite early by A.B. de Villiers, and if he did pick up a wicket then, then it could have been a different story. But a massive total for England, considering the, the track that they are playing on, 339. That means that the Proteas will chase 340. But if you look at the Proteas' batting lineup, that's very, very reachable. And uh, if South Africa wants to show that they can win the ITC Champions Trophy, they are probably going to have to chase big targets down like this. So it's a great test, and uh, it's great preparation for that ITC Champions Trophy. Yeah, 340 is the target, and we bat quite deep. I mean, Andile Felaguayo is coming in at number nine. Uh, we know what he can do with a bat. He's, uh, he, can be, he can be pretty destructive. Uh, a pretty good batting lineup, if, if I have to, if I look at it. Uh, I mean, look, particularly in the middle order, we've got Miller, Parnell, Morris, and, and Felaguayo with, with Robado, who's not a mug, but uh, yeah, he's obviously one of the bowlers. Should, should be a good chance. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Kafisa Rabada sometimes fancies himself a bit of an all-rounder as well because he's not bad with the bat at all. But it all depends on, on what, how this team gets started. Uh, Quinton de Kock, Hashim Amla, if they can set a good platform, then it will uh, be a perfect platform for someone like Abi de Villiers and JP Dimini to uh, unleash and, and David Miller. And I think that's what England showed. You just need to get to a position where in the final 10, 15 overs, you have some key batsmen coming in, and that's what they had in Mo and Ali, and he smashed uh, the ball all over the place. And so that figure have the talent to do that. They've got David Miller, who can really hit the ball a long way, even Chris Morris as well. And interesting as well, the team that South Africa went with today, I think this will probably be their, their first choice 11, getting into the ITC Champions Trophy. And it's disappointing for Mornay Morkel because he misses out, but uh, it's just because of that reason that you mentioned earlier, the long batting lineup that they do have. Uh, because essentially the poke is backing all the way to number 10, unfortunately, he won't say doesn't offer much with the back. But a very, very good, uh, a, a good ask for the, for the Proteus batsman. And uh, it should be interesting. Uh, I think this could set the Proteus up very, very nicely heading into the ICC Champions Trophy if they do manage to reach this target of 340. Yeah, without a doubt, John. Thank you very much for that. And yeah, we'll see how we do go this evening. We want to get off uh, on the right footing, and uh, tonight's the opportunity. Let's hope we can pick up a win because it's a huge total. 340 is what we need, and that'll definitely set things up for the remainder of the series and then uh, heading into that Champions Trophy, as Johan said. That's about it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we're back again tomorrow with the PSL radio show Second Jalo with Dwayne DeLocke. He'll be with you at 6.30 tomorrow. I'll be back on PM Live tomorrow afternoon. Coming up on the other side of your 7 o'clock news tonight, it is the talk shop with Naledi Malayo. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, you can email us, sport at safm.co.za, or you can just uh, touch base on social media. We're SAFM Radio across the various platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can also touch base with me personally, at Big Brad Brown. I love connecting outside of the show. Let me know your thoughts. Do be in touch. From myself and my producer, Siobhan Tetti, this evening, have yourself uh, a wonderful night, and we'll chat tomorrow. It is 7 o'clock and time for your news.